This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. We got ourselves a conference championship weekend up ahead of us, folks. I don't know why I'm going all prairie on you, <laughs> but I guess that whenever the conference championship comes around, I just get it just a little brings excited. Out of you. Yeah. It brings it out of you. How could you not be? Tom, that was the greatest weekend of football we've ever witnessed. How does it possibly live up to the hype this weekend? It can't possibly, it can't. right? No, it's it going to be a letdown. Um, I, I think that these matchups are decent. I think that they're both There's something to favorable both. to be a good game. There's something to both. But I just don't see how we come off of the crack cocaine that was what we did last divisional round and possibly get anything better in these two games on Sunday. Question for you. Yes. If the Steelers had pulled off the upset against Kansas City, or say they didn't even play Kansas City, say they played someone else, they played Tennessee or, or, or Cincinnati, and they found themselves in this weekend, and they were on the losing side of one of the four game-winning plays, how would this weekend sit with you? Like, say you were a Titans fan, or you were a Bucks fan, or you were, a oh, God forbid, a Bills fan. How would how would you remember this weekend? Uh, if I was a Bills fan, it would be the worst weekend of my life. Okay, so if you were a Bucks, uh, pa- oh, a Packers, horrible. Yeah, if you lose, I mean, what are you trying to say here? If you lose, your well, weekend the sucks. Of course, because, it's no rocket science there. Uh, how would so? How would you feel? If it you would were on suck. The, you everyone. It would suck. Everyone else would be. This is their favorite weekend of football ever. Except for you. What do you say? I, I lost, but God, it was such a great game. I can't even be mad. Yeah, you're a loser if you think yeah. like that. If your team loses in a great game and oh, they both fought so hard. But the rest of the weekend, it's also. Actually, Buffalo Bills fans might be like that because they're a little close to Canada. So you get a little Canadian in them. They're, oh, it's a they're, great they're effort, not, Buffalo. So That's a great effort, Buffalo. They're used to falling short in Buffalo, too. There are only four cities in the entire country. That look at this weekend and and look at it with disdain. Yeah, Tennessee probably just looks at Ryan Tannehill with disdain. Sure, though. not not, sure. not the weekend. Like, I, is there one person being blamed more individually for the team shortcomings than Ryan Tannehill is? Uh, not as much because he's overall better. But Aaron Rodgers for the Packers Good loss. Shout. Good shout. I mean, I would even say because he's so much better, he should he should exactly. get more. He should, he should not more. have scored ten points in that game. Yeah, like Tannehill throwing three interceptions. Okay, he's we, done it before. We know that's possible, yeah. but ten points at home and a game to go to the a- NFC title game. Funny too. This was unearthed. Uh, a press conference Rogers had. I believe it was the 2019 NFC Championship game when it was Packers at San Francisco. And San Francisco won the game in his post-game press conference. Roger said, "We got to get one of these at home, man. If if you're playing here, it's, it's a different game when you're playing in 20 degree weather, in the snow, in Lambeau. There's no way we lose a game like that. And this and and, and the, with with these kind of stakes on the line. Well, guess what, buddy? You did to that same team. <laughs> I I would I would say Aaron Rodgers gets the heaviest blame yeah. because. I mean, no one's, I mean, it's also too the the looming free agency, not just with him, with Devontae Adams, right? All everything of that. dealing with with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Well, they're done. They don't get to play this weekend. The Bengals and the Chiefs do get to play this weekend. Rematch from a couple weeks ago. The Chiefs rematch. 
The Bengals with these weird rematches. So let's talk about that. With the game. Chiefs, possibly with the Niners in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs started out that game on fire. Sure. I mean, just got out to an early lead on the Bengals, and I kind of thought at the time, oh man, they're gonna run away with this thing. They're they're gonna blow them out. It was fourteen to nothing. And then Jamar Chase gets that seventy-two yard touchdown pass from Joe Burrow. Kind of gives the Bengals some life. You start to think to yourself, okay, maybe they got something going. And then on the very next drive, nine plays for 75 yards in four minutes, and Daryl Williams finishes it off with a touchdown run, and it's 21 to 7. I mean, you're down 21 to 7 to the Chiefs. You're not supposed to win those games. So to me, as I sit here and I wonder, can the Bengals do this? Can they keep it close and can they pull off another? Uh, important to remember that this one was in Paul Brown, too, and they have to go to Arrowhead Stadium. Sure. Now. So I'm sitting here trying to think, can they actually keep this close? And I'm like, how much worse could it be than the first time around? Like, you're down two scores two different times, 14 to nothing and then 21 to 7. Like, how much more of a hole could you dig yourself into that they didn't get out of the last time? And with it being the playoffs and the level of play you're seeing from guys like DJ Reader up front for the Bengals and the defense playing well, I don't think they will get into a two-touchdown, three-touchdown hole like they were flirting with in the first game that they ended up coming back and winning anyway. So I look at this Bengals team and I try to determine, are they a team that I think can beat the Chiefs like the Bills were, like I think the Packers are? like I think the the Buccaneers are, the Rams are. And I do think that the Bengals, although they're kind of a year away, mm-hmm. I don't know lean, if they're a year away. They anymore. lean more towards that category of we have enough firepower to beat the Chiefs. I mean, they did it already. They have enough fi- on both sides. They have the offensive powers, but they also have a good enough defense. Uh Logan Wilson coming up with one of those interceptions against uh Ryan Tannehill. He's their leading interceptor on the year. We know what they can do uh on offense, but I think really the defense kind of shines for me at least as the X factor. In the I agree. Game. I, I think if the defense hadn't taken a step forward this year like it did, I think the Bengals maybe sneak into the playoffs still, but I don't think they're as good of a team and as think they about are. It, as you laid out too, they were down 21 to 7. They won that game 34 31. So you outscored the Chiefs 27 to 10. They gave up three, you, you they ha- gave up three points in the second you, half. You have to. Be good on defense in order to do that. Three points in a half of football against the Chiefs is absurd. Now, that's easy to do against a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers. But uh-huh. if you're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs to allow three points in, in 30 minutes, that's a huge accomplishment. The Steelers allowed zero points almost <laughs> through an entire half of football until the Chiefs scored 21 in what seemed like two minutes' time. Like and 21 points in less than two minutes into the first and into the end of the first half and then coming out of the start of the second scoring half. Scoring again three more times in a row. Yeah. It's just, just yeah, and you have to be able to keep up with them. But like your point said, their defense was able to stop them as mm-hmm. well, which is so rare. And it's not like, you know, the last Steeler, the time the Steelers played uh, the Chiefs in the regular season. And I pointed to like, oh, trying to find some of them as well. They only scored 13 points in the second half. Well, the Chiefs took their foot off the gas then. That wasn't the case in this game against the Bengals. It was 28 to 17 at halftime, and the Bengals scored almost immediately to start the second half to make it 28-24. So the Chiefs needed to score. They needed to keep playing their offense, and they could not. Bill's defense, who made some really good second-half adjustments, 
So I, I do think that although the offense can score with the Chiefs, I mean, Burrow threw for 400 and almost 50 yards the last time these two teams played in four tutties, their offense can keep up with them. It's that defense for Cincinnati that I think is taking them to that next level, putting them in that upper echelon. Mm. And remember, in the two games that the Bengals won to get to this point, they really didn't do much offensively. They didn't do no. much scoring. Their defense well, is they, what really well, helped them win those also games. Also, too, it was they, – they, didn't they sit Joe Burrow? No, I mean in the playoff games against the Titans oh, oh, or against oh, oh. the Raiders and the Titans. Like yeah. They scored 23 against the Raiders, and they scored 19 against the Titans. They didn't have their all-world performance. Like, Burrow threw for 300 yards against the Titans, but they didn't put up the touchdown yeah. numbers that they – Jamar Chase has see. been kind of quiet. If you can be kind of quiet having back-to-back 100-yard games. Yeah, but no touchdowns. But back-to-back 100-yard sure. games. But that's my point is, is that the offense hasn't been as explosive as it us- as yeah. we're used to so far this year, and yet their defense only gives up 16 points in both occasions so far. This is the test for the defense. Right, and they're going to be. give up more than 16. Yeah, because you're going up against Derek Carr. I, don't, I think That's of, pretty good. I think of all the playoff teams— Across both conferences, the two teams, maybe the one team really that no one expected to be there were the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders. the Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Because you could say maybe the Steelers, but at least they're a playoff team year in, year out, or year in, year off, year in, year off. The Raiders haven't been there since five years ago, I believe. And again, they lost. Uh, but that was the one surprise team. And then you're going up against Ryan Tannehill, who you illustrated three interceptions. Derrick Henry playing for the first time since, what, week eight, week seven, something like that. And he didn't have his best game, of course, and it showed that it's not always the best idea to rush someone back. They're not always going to be the same player as they were before they went down. I'll tell you what, DJ Reader and that line, even though he wasn't 100%, they did a hell of a job stopping him. They did. And so now you hear, you see, you have yourself in the AFC Championship game. This is the test for your defense. Because I think you can keep up offensively. Like, maybe the the Chiefs can do... The Chiefs are more efficient than any other offense. But if you're the Bengals, you look at your offense and say, well, we have star power at all three positions. Our offensive line, not great. Let's be honest. You allow nine sacks against the Titans, that's not great. But you have enough talent around that offensive line to put up the points. Maybe that's where the Steelers and Bengals kind of are different. Whereas, even though Ben is Ben, he's not the Ben of the of his his youth, and maybe the players in Cincinnati are just better. You know, maybe Jamar Chase is really that much better than Chase Claypool. Maybe T. Higgins and and um, Tyler Boyd and Tyler Boyd, thank you, are, are better second fiddles than Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah, your questions are obvious to me. These answers, you know, yeah, I think it's obvious they are. And so you are able to keep up offensively with the Chiefs. It's just what can your defense do the second time around? And I think a big question also when you consider that is what has Andy Reid learned since then? Andy Reid. That's always a question. Andy Reid is one of the best adjusters in the NFL when it comes to coaches. Is he able to learn from the tape he's watched and the time since that game? and make the adjustments needed on offense to exploit the Bengals' defense. Defensively for the Bengals, you got to look at 
Trey Hendrickson, fifth in the NFL mm-hmm. with 14 sacks this year. He's got to get a lot of pressure. Uh, obviously, the guys up front, DJ Reader, especially, like I mentioned, has got to be able to stop that running attack from Kansas City just to make them as one-dimensional as possible. Um, Logan Wilson had eight tackles last week and his first career postseason interception. Leads a le- leads a team in that category. Needs to have a big performance from Logan Wilson in that second level. And Jesse Bates, I think, is the best overall player on the defense, and he's going to have his hands full with Kelsey and sure. Hill all game long. Where do you put him on? Or who do you put I, him on? I think Von Bell is a decent you know, Backup, second fiddle yeah. to him. So I think they have two pretty good safeties, but I would kind of I would keep Bates shadowed towards Kelsey as much oh my, as possible. But oh my God, that that touchdown pass that to Tyreek at the end of the at the end of regulation for the Chiefs. I hate Tyreek Hill. He's just too. He's good. too good. He's too but fast. How do you not hate Travis Kelsey? He's too good. I hate Travis Kelsey too. I, actually, I love Travis Kelsey. His, I like his attitude, I like Travis Kelsey like, a lot more than Tyreek Hill. But oh my god, Tyreek Hill is a crappy person off the field. I think we can all know that that's a fact. and on the field he's a showboater. Yeah, but that that wave he didn't. Kelsey's how, a bit how of a, is that not a Kelsey's a bit penalty. of a showboater too. How is that wave if not a? It was a peace yard. sign. It was the peace sign. He threw Which, the the two finger peace sign as a defender was in front of him. He gave it to him as the defender still knew was he in was front run of him. Past him, yeah. The Chiefs make me more mad than any team in the yes, NFL. Absolutely. They convert so many third and longs and just absolutely. like. But that's my question. What is, more example if, do you need of when they're leave, dead, they're still alive? They had 13 seconds left and they tied the freaking game. 13 seconds. Like if you put Von Bell on Tyreek Hill, I think it's a mis- I think it's a mismatch. Oh, it's a mismatch whoever you put on Tyreek Hill. Yeah. But you got to try to at least pick your poison and try to find a mismatch of coverage that can limit them at sure. least. But you're not going to stop them completely. But on the other side of the coin, I don't think that the Chiefs are going to be able to stop the, the Bengals receivers completely. I don't think and so either. You saw what you saw what happened against the Bills. And you know what? Gabe Davis had four touchdowns. And you know what the Chiefs do terribly? Get after the quarterback. They're not a good pass rushing team. It's gotten better. But they're going to need Frank Joe Clark. Burrow's they're going to be able. Joe Burrow's going to be able to mimic the success that Josh Allen had on his feet. You're going to need to be able to have Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and Melvin Ingram get home a lot in this game because there's no way the secondary. is The only be able way to cover. I could see this going to the Chiefs' favor is the Bengals' offensive line. That's the thing; they're terrible, but at least they're getting an easier matchup than the Tennessee had a really good pass rush. They spent a lot of money this offseason and a lot of capital to improve their ability to get after the quarterback, and it paid and off. And it worked. It worked, it worked like gangbusters. <laughs> Nine sacks in a playoff game. Are you kidding me? But they get a little bit of an easier opponent this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, Jamar Chase, he's really been quiet lately, right? Rookies with the most receiving yards ever in postseason history. Torrey Holt, 242. Austin Colley. 241. Austin Colley. Thank you, Peyton Manning. Wow, what a name. Thank you, Peyton Manning. 225. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. He's going to break it. So I I said he was having a quiet day because he wasn't putting up points, but I guess I was wrong. He's going to have the most postseason receiving yards. Sure. All time by a rookie. Players with the most touchdown passes in their first 10 career playoff starts all time. Patrick Mahomes already has the record. 25. Drew Brees is twenty three. You know, I saw Kurt something Warner really had twenty three with. You know, I saw something really funny. Patrick Mahomes' career touchdown passes in the postseason twenty five. The Lions. You know where I'm going with this? I retweeted Lo- it. Oh, that was you. Yeah, that's where I saw it. The Lions and the franchise's history, or like maybe since nineteen fifty, postseason touchdown passes twenty four. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. In closing, I would say the Bengals need to score. 
I would think they need to force a turnover at one point, a, a big sure. kind of splash play like that, or maybe a big special teams return. Like against San Francisco, doing against the, the, the Packers. The Packers, yep. I think that's always key as far as a underdog is concerned, is forcing All, those big splash plays. Should have been, should have been the, 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 the tone setter for the Steelers against the Chiefs in the wild card round with the Was TJ, TJ Yep, yeah, exactly. Should have been. Should have been. Did not happen. Did not happen. But I think the Bengals are a team, like you said, can, can take advantage of things like that. Sure. And if I'm Burrow, uh, if I'm the Bengals, I know it's tempting to burrow it out. Try to establish Mixon. Try to get Mixon involved early because yeah. I think if you can find that balance and you can keep that pass rush on its heels because your rushing attack is so good, Burrow's going to be able to light it up later in the football game. Yeah. So I know it's attractive to be like 50 times a game, throw the ball with Burrow. Try to first. That's all I'm saying. Moving on to the NFC side of things. The Niners and the Rams meet for the third time this season. The Niners lost, or excuse me, won both times in the regular season. And say that as a fact for the previous three regular seasons, the Niners have won six straight games against the Los Angeles Rams. Jacob, I really feel like this streak is about to end, though. I really do. They're the better team. The Rams are, I mean. But the Rams, the Chiefs, and the Bengals, and I can't believe I'm saying this about the Bengals, but it kind of all makes sense that they're here. It kind of all adds up. Good quarterback play, explosive players on offense, and defenses that are good. With the Niners, I guess to an extent it makes sense because they have the explosive players and they have the great— I think they might have the best defense left in the field. Yes, they. I, th- I don't think it's a question. But their quarterback is— When Poo-poo. you look at Stafford, Mahomes, and Burrow, and then you look at Garoppolo— it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's not, it's not just a tier below. It's several, it's several tiers, tiers below. So the Niners are here kind of somehow, some way. I think, it's, I think it's defense, and I think it's Kyle Shanahan. Well, I think it's defense because you look at the offenses they went through. Dallas, best offense in football numbers-wise this year. Packers, you could argue was the best offense in football just based on the eye test. It's, uh 16 points for Dallas, or 17 points for Dallas, and a lot of that was late in garbage time. Sure. Not Ten. garbage time, but frantically trying to come back. Right, 10 points against 10 the points Bay. against the Packers. It's defense, and you've got teams like the Rams who play good defense and have playmakers on defense, but I still view that team as more of an offensive identity sure. team. Mahomes and the Bengals, obviously both offensively identified. Well, they've won their games through the offense. But they, 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 they blew past Arizona in the first round. They outscored Brady and company in the first half this past week, and it took a a Brady-like comeback effort to make that a game, but then it was Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup yes. who won that game. Yes. Them. And then the foot of Matt Gay. And then the foot of Matt Gay, but I look at the Niners, and it's the opposite. Fred Warner, the guys up front on that defense. Mm-hmm. The defensive line for the Niners are just – they're. They're on an ass-kicking mission. They are just beating ass all over the place and dominating as far as this NFL playoffs are concerned. And in a year where we have Burrow, Mahomes, Stafford, the quarterbacks are playing better than ever, the offenses are exploding, how funny would it be if at the end of the day the best defense in the NFL was the one that was left standing? 
It'd be pretty great. It'd be really ironic, honestly. For, It'd be pretty great. For all of this, oh, it's moving on to this new era of offense and pass first, and then it's like but a it's, team that runs a zone run still, scheme and plays defense is the one that wins the Lombardi. It's still defense that wins you the championships. That being said, though, like I, I said earlier, I think that the, the, the Rams are going to end up winning this football game. I think they're going to be able to snap that losing streak uh, against the Niners. Uh, a big thing that you got to watch with the Niners is on offense, it's Kittle, it's Debo, and it's Trent Williams. Those three really stir the pot. All three of them were limping. It had to be scraped uh-huh. off the field against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I know Shanahan said that as far as Debo Samuel is concerned, I think he's good, he's to, good go. to go, but I think they're going to be a little cautious in practice this week. Yeah, They did x-rays on Trent Williams, and they found old damage in his right. MRI that I don't know if that means they need to sh- – I don't think they're going to shut him down. I think he's going to play. But I think it's a little bit more concerning than they originally thought. And I think Kittle is just banged the hell up. I think he's good, but he's I just, think he's just... He takes the hits. All day But long. he is such a physical being that he can take those hits and keep going. Yeah, exactly. And the one that concerns me is Debo. Well, he's their whole offense. Well, That's not the their thing. whole offense, but he's but their he biggest the, playmaker. He's the X factor right now. I would look for Brandon Ayuk to make a couple big plays. I think he's an he's underrated wide receiver, yeah, and there's going to be a lot of attention paid to Debo. Well, here's the other thing that's going to be interesting. Debo, Jalen Ramsey's going to try to take Debo out, and Shanahan likes to line Debo up in the backfield a lot. I'm interested to see if Debo's having trouble getting open against Ramsey, or even if he's not, if he will line Debo up into that backfield in that running back spot just to kind of get him away from Ramsey, get him the ball and without then, Ramsey on. Yeah, great point. But Although, I think, here's the other thing. Ramsey's really good at run support. So, like, if he sees Debo in the backfield and they hand him the ball, don't be surprised if number five is the first one you see flow to the pile. Well, let's also remember, too, it was Jalen Ramsey who got beat by Mike Evans on that long touchdown pass by the Bucs last point. week. Yeah, he's beatable. He's the sure. best corner in football, but, but he's, he's still, still beatable. beatable. And, and if you're Kyle Shanahan, probably a top five offensive-minded coach in the NFL, which is ironic because your defense is so so great, but you're still this offensive guru, I think you're able to scheme against Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, I think you are too. And I think Shanahan is going to pound the ground in this game. because He loves to do it. Well, you don't want that pass rush to be able to just pin back think about and it. after they, him. Their number one rusher is their number one wide receiver. It's amazing. And Elijah Mitchell's been a pretty good rookie. Yeah, not bad. Well. But they were, I think, I, I know Raheem Mosser was their was their week one starter, but they lost someone else also along the way. And that's how Elijah Mitchell got the, got the job. But still, it's Debo Samuel who you want to be is your RB1. I think so in this game as, especially. But like I'm saying, you... You want to be able to keep Donald and Miller on their heels. You don't want them to be able right. to pass, rush, pass, rush, pass. Like, Tampa Bay had to pass, and Brady got his ass kicked all game long just because you don't want to have that happen. You need them to think about the running attack. So I think you run Mitchell and Debo early and often and up the middle as as much as you possibly can for as as long as it's yielding successful results. And I think that's the best way for you to go at this game if you're the Niners. If you're the Rams, offensively, you just got to keep Stafford on his feet and make sure yeah. that that pass rush and that front from the Niners don't bother you because 
I think the secondary Cooper Cup can have a field day back there, and Cooper o- Cup Odell's have a field been day having a great any, against anyone. Yeah, and Odell's been playing really well since coming to LA. I don't. I know that. So basically, what I'm saying for the Rams, business as usual. Just keep Stafford up, pa- and you'll pass be good. the ball. Also, Stafford, don't throw any dumb passes. Right. You've had some interceptable balls in the past couple games too. So, and I think you we've seen now with the fumble by Cam Akers late against Tampa Bay. You'd rather just keep the ball. In keep Stafford's the ball in Stafford's hands. hands. Yeah. It's the safe. I, Oddly, it's the safest place, it seems like. Also, I would say, with Akers fumbling, I wonder if you'll see more Sony Michelle carries, just because Michelle's been the Super Bowl. Or Jefferson. Won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. Jefferson was was the guy, or sorry, Henderson. Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson, yeah. I'm thinking Van Jefferson, Daryl Henderson is the running back. Uh, he was the guy, really, before they brought in Michelle, when Cam yeah. Akers went down, who took the load of that. And he did a fine job. No question about that. All right. Filling in with Wolf on the Locker Room on Friday, so we won't have any episodes we'll see of then. Standard. We will talk to you on Friday, so make sure you're listening to the Locker Room then. But since we didn't have a show last week on Friday because we were in the Locker Room and we're not this Friday, we didn't get to do the triple play last week, but I don't want to have an opportunity to miss out on catching Jacob in the standings. And since Can the points, you? Since the points are worth double on the championship oh, get weekend. Out of they here. are. I don't, they are. Since the points are worth double on championship weekend, I really think I do have a shot here. Uh Jacob went one and two last week. That brings his record total to thirty-one and twenty-three. Wait, wasn't I? Thir- didn't I have thirty wins last week, or going into this week? So it's going to be thirty-two. You had thirty wins going into this week. You yeah. won one game last week. Yeah, so week. I should get two. No, conference championship week is worth double. Oh, the past week, I thought you were saying all of playoffs. I'm not making wild card round weighted double. Are you kidding me? I might, unless I said that. I on think the you did episode. say that. Nah. We're not going to revise that again, and it's only worth one, but now it's worth two. I make the rules, not you. 31 and 23 is your total record after losing two out of three games. I won two out of three games last week, so my record, since they count as double for me, is now 30 and... (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm 28 and 26 on the season. You can come back. I can come back, especially with the points being worth double now. Sure, now. I'm going to take the Bengals and the points to kick things off here on the triple play. Oh, you're just going to go first. I'm going to go first. We can't like We're going like to alternate. We're we going to alternate even... the games though so you can pick the next one first. I'm going to pick the Chiefs or the Bengals and the points, getting 7 points against the Chiefs. I think it's a lot of points in a conference championship game. Can I see the Chiefs blowing them out? I can. But I think the Bengals make it a game. I do think the Chiefs end up winning, but not by 7 points. So I'm picking the Bengals plus 7 first. Okay, so you can pick the Chiefs. You can pick you can pick the Bengals if you I want. There's only the a couple games. Man, this is so tough. Tom. I love how you always drag out your picks too. Just pick well, because I know what I know what I, I was going to take the opposite for for that AFC Championship game. It's just which side do I go for on the NFC side of things? I'm gonna I'm gonna risk I'm gonna risk it for the biscuit here, Tom. I'm gonna go Niners. To cover three and a half. I like the Rams minus three and a half, so it's perfect. Okay, good. Because I think I'm not necessarily going with the Niners to win the game. But, but it could come down goal? to a, a field goal. I like that it's three and a half. I don't know. Games in these playoffs really haven't come down to field goals much. So, Are we writing this I'm down? Kidding. Because the lines are going to change. That's all right. I got it up here. Still trapped. <laughs> okay. I got Rams minus three and a half. I have and Bengals plus seven. You have Chiefs minus seven and Niners plus three yes. and a half. All right, good luck to you, sir, as we head into this weekend of battle. We're shaking hands. You can't see that because this is an audio platform. Oh, I'm sorry. That'll do it for this episode of the Steeler Standard. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. Like I said, tune in to In the Locker Room on Friday. You'll hear from us there. 
and enjoy conference championship weekend. We will be back next Monday to wrap it all up and start talking about the Super Bowl. Wrap it up. No, you wrap it up. No, you wrap it up. All right, wrap it up.